Section 15 of The Watergate Report, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Final Report of the Senate Select Committee on Presidential Campaign Activities, Volume 2. Campaign Financing Recommendations. Introduction. In making its legislative recommendations, the Select Committee has made a number of proposals that it believes will reduce the likelihood of future abuses. In so doing, it wishes to emphasize two points. First, full disclosure of contributions and expenditures, as well as of governmental action affecting contributors, is the critical minimum of campaign financing reform. But for even this minimum to be an effective tool, the data must be accessible and reviewed by those with an interest in the government process, including candidates and the press. Second, the temptation to over-regulate must be viewed in terms that such action would have on the willingness of citizens to participate voluntarily in the electoral process. For example, the committee considered a proposal to require the registration of campaign fund solicitors, since, arguably, it made little sense to identify the passive treasurer of a political committee, but not the active fundraiser. It was felt, however, that whatever benefits would flow from requiring fundraisers, such as Herbert W. Kalmbach, to register under some penalty for failure to comply, would be offset by the chilling effect such a requirement might have on speakers at local political meetings or on door-to-door -door canvassers. Since many fundraisers do not actually handle the contribution they may have solicited, it was concluded that it was not feasible to use a cut-off amount below which registration would not be required. This is not to say, however, that the idea has no merit. Footnote. The Independent Federal Elections Commission recommended this report could, of course, investigate particular alleged abuses. End footnote. A further word should be said about the timing of the enactment of the effective date of any corrective legislation. One of the most bizarre aspects of the 1972 presidential campaign was, at the time, frantic effort on the part of the Finance Committee to re-elect the President to obtain large contributions prior to April 7, 1972, so that they would not have to be reported under the then-prevalent interpretation of the Corrupt Practices Act. In the weeks prior to the April 7 deadline, according to Kalmbach and others, FCRP solicitors were seeking large contributions from individuals with the inducement that the contributions would remain confidential, while later contributions would have to be publicly revealed. Sloan testified that the committee collected an avalanche of contributions during the last five days before April 7, and that he handled $6 million in contributions in the two days before April 7. In addition, in an effort to reduce the reported cash on hand as of April 7, 1972, 
as required by the Federal Elections Campaign Act of 1971, the FCRP prepaid for services that would not be provided until after April 7. According to Paul Barrick, Sloan's successor as treasurer of FCRP, the total of $3,787,480 was prepaid in this fashion. A similar influx of pre-April 7 contributions was found in certain Democratic campaigns. With the arrival of April 7, there was a substantial reorganization of FCRP, including the setting up of new committees and adapting the structures to the new law. It appears, however, that in a number of cases there was a spillover to post-April 7. Any significant change in the law with respect to campaign financing late in the campaign creates the potential for abuses, such as occurred in the 1972 presidential election. Thus, it is important that any relevant changes in the law with respect to contributions or expenditures which are enacted should be done so early in the campaign and made effective upon the signing of the bill into law by the president in order to avoid a last-minute rush for contributions. 1. The committee recommends that the Congress enact legislation to establish an independent, nonpartisan Federal Elections Commission, which would replace the present tripartite administration of the Clerk of the House, Secretary of the Senate, and GAO Office of Federal Elections, and would have certain enforcement powers. Probably the most significant reform that could emerge from the Watergate scandal is the creation of an independent nonpartisan agency to supervise the enforcement of the laws relating to the conduct of elections. Such a body, given substantial investigatory and enforcement powers, could not only help ensure that misconduct would be prevented in the future, but that investigations of alleged wrongdoing would be vigorous and conducted with the confidence of the public. The present system of administration of the federal election and disclosure laws consists of a tripartite system of administration by the Clerk of the House, the Secretary of the Senate, and the GAO Office of Federal Elections. These three bodies are responsible for receiving and monitoring the reports filed by candidates for federal office and their political committees. Criminal violations discovered by these three bodies must be reported to the Justice Department for prosecution. Because the three administrative bodies are not vested with subpoena or investigative powers, the difficulty of discovering and investigating apparent violations is magnified under the present system. In addition, there is no central repository of information relating to all federal candidates. Footnote. An important function of the Commission could be to act as a repository for information and documents that would have historical interest. Further, candidates could agree to utilize this aspect of the Commission, which might be called the Library of Political Comment, to file copies of their itineraries and campaign literature so as to reduce the temptation to employ spies to learn of the activities of opposition candidates. End footnote. 
Each of the three bodies has developed its own rules as to monitoring the reports and making them available to the public. Separate administration makes equal treatment difficult to achieve. In addition to the administrative problems of the present system, the independence of the administrators can be questioned. As noted in a recent speech by the head of GAO, Comptroller General Elmer Statz, confidence in impartiality is weakened in a situation where the administrator comes up for appointment every two years by the employers he is required to police. With the exceptions noted below, the committee adopts sections 308 and 309 of Senate 3044, which would create a Federal Elections Commission and vest in it certain enumerated powers. Under the Senate bill, the commission would be composed of seven members appointed by the President, with the advice and consent of the Senate, who would serve seven-year terms. Not more than four of the commissioners would be members of the same political party. Of the seven, two members would be appointed by the President from among individuals recommended by the President pro tempore of the Senate upon recommendations of the majority leader of the Senate and the minority leader of the Senate, and two members would be appointed by the President from among individuals recommended by the Speaker of the House of Representatives upon the recommendations of the Majority Leader of the House and the Minority Leader of the House. With respect to the first members chosen to serve on the Commission, the Committee recommends that terms be staggered in the manner provided for in Section 308A.3 of Senate 3044. The Commission would elect a chairman and vice-chairman from among its members for a two-year term. The Select Committee considered and rejected the proposal contained in H.R. 7612 that the President appoint the chairman and vice-chairman of the Commission. The chairman and the vice-chairman would not be members of the same political party. The Select Committee's recommendations as to the appointment of the Commission members are designed to promote and ensure the independence and nonpartisan character of the Commission. The provisions of Section 7324 of Title V United States Code, Hatch Act, would apply to members of the Commission. At the end of each fiscal year, the Commission would report to the Congress and the President concerning the action it had taken the names, salaries, and duties of its employees, and the money it had dispersed. In addition, the Commission would make such recommendations for legislation as it deemed necessary. The Commission would appoint an executive director and a general counsel to serve at the pleasure of the Commission. The Select Committee recommends that the executive director be responsible for the administrative operations of the Commission, and that he performs such duties as may be delegated to him by regulations or other orders of the Commission. Because the Committee believes that the Commission should not be permitted to delegate to the Executive Director or the General Counsel the power or responsibility of making any of the Commission's regulations, it does not adopt the wording of Section 309H of H.R. 7612 and Section 308 F of Senate 3044, which provide that the Commission shall not delegate to the Executive Director 
the making of regulations regarding elections. Presumably, this section permits the Commission to delegate to the Executive Director the responsibility for making some regulations. Although it is unclear what responsibilities the Executive Director would have under this section, the Committee suggests that the nature of the Commission's responsibilities would not best be served by granting to one person the ultimate power to regulate either the procedure or the administration of federal elections. To ensure that the Commission is responsive to the Congress as well as to the President, the Committee supports certain other provisions of Senate 3044. Thus, whenever the Commission submits any budget estimate or request to the President or the Office of Management and Budget, it should be required concurrently to transmit a copy of that estimate or request to the Congress. The Committee recommends enactment of Section 308K-1 of Senate 3044, which proposes that whenever the Commission submits any legislative recommendations or testimony or comments on legislation requested by the Congress or by any member of Congress to the President or to OMB, that it shall concurrently transmit a copy thereof to the Congress or to the member requesting the information. The Committee also supports that part of Section 308K-1, which proposes that no officer or agency of the United States shall have any authority to require the Commission to submit its legislative recommendations or testimony or comments on legislation to any officer or agency of the United States for approval, comments, or review prior to the submission of such recommendations, testimony, or comments to the Congress. In addition, the Committee recommends that no officer or agency of the United States have authority to require the Commission to submit its regulations to any officer or agency of the United States before such regulations are adopted by the Commission. The Committee recommends that the Commission be vested with all the powers included in Section 309 of Senate 3044. Specifically, the Commission would have the power to require any person to submit written reports and answers to questions as the Commission may prescribe. The Commission would have the power to administer oaths and to require by subpoena the attendance and testimony of witnesses and the production of all documentary and other evidence relating to the execution of its duties. In addition, the Commission would have the power to order testimony to be taken by deposition and to initiate, prosecute, defend, and appeal through its General Counsel any civil action in the name of the Commission. In order to give the Commission primary jurisdiction over enforcement of statutes regulating federal elections and campaigns, the Committee supports Section 309D of Senate 3044. This section provides that, notwithstanding any other provision of law, the Commission would be the primary civil enforcement agency for violations of the provisions of Senate 3044 and Sections 602, 608 and 610 to 617 of Title 18 United States Code. 
while senate three zero four four provides that any violation of such provision shall be prosecuted by the attorney general or department of justice personnel after consultation with and obtaining the consent of the commission the select committee recommends in accordance with its other recommendations that the commission refer apparent criminal violations to the permanent office of public attorney when appropriate the present statutory framework is deficient in failing to provide a civil penalty there are numerous provisions of present and proposed law which if violated would best be handled on a civil rather than a criminal basis for example the late filing of required campaign financing reports traditionally have gone unpunished because the violation of law did not appear to merit the imposition of a criminal penalty imposing a civil fine would be an appropriate means of enforcing this statute in non-flagrant cases consequently the committee recommends adoption of section three o nine e one of senate three zero four four providing for a civil penalty of up to ten thousand dollars for each violation of the provisions of senate three zero four four and of sections six o two six o eight and six ten through six seventeen of title eighteen united states code civil penalties would be assessed by the commission only after the person charged with a violation had been given an opportunity for a hearing the committee also supports section three o nine f of senate three zero four four which provides a mechanism by which the commission may provide advisory opinions the commission would issue such opinions within a reasonable time as to whether any specific transaction or activity inquired of constitutes a violation of senate three zero four four or of any provision of title eighteen united states code over the commission has primary jurisdiction footnote another function of the commission could be to publicize the relevant laws and the importance of citizen participation in politics whether by expending time and effort in a contest or making a small contribution for example importance of this activity in generating small contributions is demonstrated by the quadrupling of the use of the income tax checkoff following its being moved to page one of irs form ten forty and the simultaneous publicity given to it End footnote. two the committee recommends enactment of a statute prohibiting cash contributions and expenditures in excess of one hundred dollars in connection with any campaign for nomination or election for federal office although the reporting and disclosure requirements of the federal election campaign act minimize the availability of unaccounted for campaign funds there is presently no federal statute regulating the use of cash during political campaigns the difficulties of tracing the use of cash contributions and expenditures during a campaign are apparent the committee's investigations showed the abuses of cash funding during the nineteen seventy two campaign cash contributions from corporations as well as individuals and cash expenditures by political committees were commonplace 
corporate funds were illegally laundered through foreign banks and subsidiaries and then contributed in cash form to political committees which reported neither the source nor the ultimate use of the money the exact amount of cash collected during the campaign cannot accurately be determined however in testimony before the select committee hugh sloan testified that of the twenty million dollars collected by the campaign prior to april seventh nineteen seventy two one point seven or one point eight million dollars was in cash and cash contributions to democratic candidates totaled hundreds of thousands of dollars a prohibition on cash contributions in excess of one hundred dollars coupled with the disclosure requirements of the nineteen seventy one act would be a deterrent against unreported cash contributions from individuals and corporations in this regard the committee supports section 616 of senate 3044 which prohibits political contributions in the aggregate over one hundred dollars unless the contribution is made by a written instrument such as a check identifying the person making the contribution the committee also supports section 311 b of the bill which prohibits a political committee from expending in excess of one hundred dollars in cash in connection with a single purchase or transaction in this regard there may be instances where larger amounts of cash may have to be expended for example buying meals for campaign workers and it may be desirable for the commission to have the power to make limited exceptions by regulation and require certain record-keeping or the like three the committee recommends enactment of statute requiring each candidate for the office of president or vice president to designate one political committee as his central campaign committee with one or more banks as his campaign depositories under the present system of campaign disclosures every political committee supporting a presidential candidate must file periodic reports with the office of federal elections of the general accounting office footnote section three o four a of the federal election campaign act of nineteen seventy one provides in part each treasurer of a political committee supporting a candidate or candidates for election to federal office and each candidate for election to such office shall file with the appropriate supervisory officer reports of receipts and expenditures on forms to be prescribed or approved by him such reports shall be filed on the tenth day of march june and september in each year and on the fifteenth and fifth days next preceding the date on which an election is held and also by the thirty-first day of january End footnote. there is no present requirement however that a presidential candidate consolidate the records of contributions and expenditures of political committees made for his benefit or on his behalf thereby partially undermining the law's disclosure requirements during the nineteen seventy two campaign contributions and expenditures for particular candidates were made into and out of hundreds of committees in the interest of establishing more uniform accounting and reporting procedure the select committee recommends the adoption of sections three ten and three eleven 
of senate three zero four four footnote these provisions are virtually identical to sections three ten and three eleven of senate three seven two which passed the senate on july thirty nineteen seventy three end footnote Section 310 requires each candidate to designate one political committee as a central campaign committee and permits each candidate for the office of president to designate one political committee in each state as his state campaign committee for that state. Footnote. Section 301 of the Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971 defines the term candidate as follows an individual who seeks nomination for election or election to federal office whether or not such individual is elected and for purposes of this paragraph an individual shall be deemed to seek nomination for election or election if he has one taken the action necessary under the law of a state to qualify himself for nomination for election or election to federal office or two received contributions or made expenditures or has given his consent for any other person to receive contributions or make expenditures with a view to bringing about his nomination for election or election to such office End footnote. central campaign committees would be required to file statements and reports with the federal elections commission other political committees which are not central campaign committees of the candidate would be required to file their statements and reports with the central campaign committee instead of the commission laundering of funds is often accomplished by contributing and transferring funds from committee to committee so as to obscure the original source and make it impossible to trace the money to the intended beneficiary or use the select committee believes that the requirements of a central campaign committee and a designated depository increase the traceability of campaign funds by putting the responsibility for collecting and reporting campaign financial information in a centralized place four the committee recommends enactment of a statutory limitation on overall campaign expenditures of presidential candidates the committee proposes a limit on expenditures of 12 cents times the voting age population during a general election. Present law permits unlimited spending for presidential campaigns. As a result, the cost of presidential campaigns has been rising at an astounding rate. In 1956, President Eisenhower's campaign for re-election cost approximately $8 million. The 1972 presidential campaign cost over $100 million. If presidential candidates are permitted to raise unlimited amounts of money, campaign spending will continue to soar, leading to uneven access to the electorate and surpluses in the hands of certain candidates. The Select Committee believes that a limit on contributions by source must be accompanied by an overall limit on expenditures. Since a $3,000 limitation on campaign contributions recommended below is an advantage to incumbent candidates who are able to obtain moderate-sized contributions from a large number of individuals, an overall limit on campaign expenditures is needed 
to minimize the disparity in campaign spending between incumbents and challengers. Footnote. There may be a constitutional argument against limiting campaign expenditures that the government cannot deprive a candidate of the right to address voters or the right of voters to be exposed to the issues in a campaign. See Election Reform. Basic References. Of course, there are considerations that support reasonable limitations, and it is believed that a limitation such as appears in Senate 3044 would be acceptable to the courts. End footnote. The committee recommends the adoption of the limitation provided for in Section 614 of Senate 3044 as passed by the Senate. As reported by the Senate Committee on Rules and Administration, the bill called for an overall limitation of 15 cents times the voting age population of the United States. Footnote. The term voting age population is defined in Section 504G of Senate 3044 as resident population 18 years of age or older. End footnote. The full Senate, however, adopted an amendment introduced by Senator James Allen, Democrat, Alabama, to reduce to 12 cents the multiplier applied to the voting age population to obtain the overall limitation. The bill also provides that expenditures made by or on behalf of a vice presidential candidate are, for purposes of the expenditure limitation, considered to be made by the presidential candidates with whom he is running. The Select Committee further recommends a limitation on expenditures of presidential candidates in primary elections. In this regard, the Committee recommends adoption of the limitation provided for in Section 504A-2A of Senate 3044. This section provides for an expenditure limit of, quote, two times the amount which a candidate for nomination for election to the office of senator from that state may expend in that state in connection with his primary election campaign, end quote. While the imposition of a realistic ceiling is an important and necessary reform, caution should be exercised lest a ceiling be placed so low as virtually to ensure the renomination and re-election of incumbents. Since an incumbent is generally better known and begins with a substantial built-in advantage, to limit challengers unduly would prevent their getting known and instituting a serious challenge. Furthermore, it should be recognized that it costs a considerable amount of money to raise small and medium-sized contributions. It costs very little to solicit more than $10 million in contributions in $100,000 increments. On the other hand, many direct mail campaigns designed to raise large numbers of small contributions actually lose money. Footnote. According to a study prepared for the committee by GAO, a large portion of the contributions to the presidential campaigns would have been lost if there was a limit of $3,000. GAO estimates that the candidates would have lost the following proportion of their total receipts. Nixon, 52%, McGovern, 27%, Humphrey, 69%, Muskie, 33%. End footnote. 
inflationary factors should be taken into account in any ceiling to permit an upward adjustment the committee recommends that any overall limit on campaign expenditures be evaluated following the first election in which it applies to make certain that it is neither too low nor too high end of section fifteen recording by linda johnson